We are over in the book of Genesis tonight, looking at the beginnings. We've covered most of the book of Genesis, just in other series that we have been through, but haven't really gotten through the first 10 or 11 chapters as uh, often. So we want to go through and just hit these, these ones. As we'll see, a lot of the things God does in the beginning establish patterns and establish places where He's going to go. And we want to take a look at some of those patterns and the things He established before Abraham even came along. We'll see some of the things that led up to what Abraham did and what God has done and so forth in that end. But here in Genesis chapter 1, we're just going to get through two of the verses here tonight. We have enough in there to keep us going for a little while. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. We're going to first off look at this part. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God was before the beginning. Because in the beginning is when God created the heavens and the earth. So God was in existence before the beginning. God was here first. In Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to go all the way back to verse 1. We don't need the stuff until we get to the end here, but if we don't go all the way back to verse 1, we don't quite get the picture. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and, Tess- and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the world, in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit and is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and and spiritual understanding, that you may... Walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. And who's he speaking of? Jesus. For by Him all things were created that are where? In heaven and that are on earth. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. We've talked about this aspect of before. If all things that are created were created by Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ cannot be created. Jesus Christ it cannot possibly be a creative being if all things in heaven and, uh, and on the earth that are created have been created by Him. Right? That stands the reason. You know, there's folks out there that want to say that Jesus Christ was the highest of all of God's creations. And that sounds good. You know, they're describing that Jesus is the highest of all God's creations. Well, that's not too far. We'll go ahead and go with... No, that's terrible. Jesus Christ is God. He was before the beginning because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
So if God created the heavens and the earth, and all things that are created are created by Jesus, then Jesus and God the Father had to be in existence before the beginning. They both did. So Jesus, who is, as it says here, He is the image of the invisible God. That's His, his part. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. So not just stuff that is tangible, not just stuff that you can see, stuff that is intangible, stuff that is invisible. It does not matter. If it is in existence, He created it. That's what Paul is trying to get us to understand right there. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did God do it? He did it through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. Jesus Christ is God. He's not mostly God. He's not second to God. He is God. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let's just jump to verse 2. We're going to come back to verse 1 in a minute. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So now we have the Spirit of God. So we have all three members of the Godhead present in verses 1 and 2. Everybody's there. So the Father's eternal existence is not usually questioned. Most people who are going to accept the fact that God is in existence accept that God the Father was eternal. But... Some want to say that Jesus was created, but He was not. Jesus created all things. And God's Spirit hovered. So all are present here. In the beginning, God created. God created what? The heavens and the earth. Now, the Bible is written from the standpoint of us here. So He created everything that is not on the earth. And He created everything that is on the earth. So as far as we're concerned, everything that we interact with here is created, but then all the stuff that is out there is the heavens. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When were the heavens created? In the beginning. They were created in the beginning. How were they created? How many theories have you heard about as far as what, how the universe came into being? We got the Big Bang Theory. I read up on one, and I don't know that I could do justice to you. It was about two or three years ago I read this article on a new theory of how the universe was created. And they got away from the Big Bang, and they got into a collision of uh, uh, different universes. That they were, these universes were operating on different uh, uh, space frequencies or space levels or something like that. And Every few million years, they collided and created all this energy which, which caused the uh, creation thing to go on. And they expected in a few more you know, million years, these universes are going to collide again and creation will start all, all over. I mean, the faith that these people have is amazing, isn't it? We just believe in a simple God who created it. I mean, that's what we do. <clears throat> but here's what, they, here's what is so astounding about it. When people go out there and we have the... How many, how many have ever seen pictures of the Hubble telescope's images that they brought back? Oh, aren't they fascinating? Absolutely. And one of the things we'll see from the Hubble is that stars are continually being created. 
planets continue to form. Galaxies continue to be made. We keep seeing these things. We have old galaxies. We have new galaxies. We have old stars. We have new stars. And, and, and stars are in all kinds of uh, stages. You all know that stars have definite stages of their development. And, it, and you can tell by looking at the star what stage it is in its development. We have our star, which is in kind of its midlife area. There's uh, white dwarfs. There's red giants and a bunch of other phrase, uh, things in, be, in between. If you ever are going outside, if how many of you know the constellations that are out there? And it doesn't mean you follow astrology if you know the constellations. It just means you know where the stars are. In the, in the constellation, and this is the time of year you really get to see this one, the constellation, constellation Orion, in the belt, there is a huge star that is called um, Betelgeuse, I believe it is. The sun is so big that you could put our sun in its center and the earth would rotate inside of this red giant. That is how large that sun is. Now you also have ones that are a, a white dwarf, which are smaller than our sun. Most of those are. And then there's a final stage, the black hole. And uh, that's when a star is dying and they begin their intense gravity seems to pull everything into themselves, even light itself, and they become a black hole. A lot of theories out there about ex exactly what black holes are and what's inside, but until you get in there, you really can't tell because nothing is allowed out. But anyway, these are the things that are going on. And so people look at the uh, heavens and the way they're being created, that stars continue to form and planets continue to form. And, and well, he said he created it in the beginning, so obviously it's wrong. No, what God did was in the beginning, he created the universe in such a way that the universe continues to create upon itself. This is the model of which God creates. In the beginning of the garden, didn't God create man and woman? And from that point on, they began to procreate and have, have kids and things. And uh, that's, that's what happens. It's not like God just wills, well, okay, we want this one to have a baby. And so God created these, these laws and these things that operate so that planets can continue to be created and stars can continue to be formed because of what God said way back in the beginning. And that's all that it is. God didn't say, bang, and all the stars and all the planets were suddenly created. God always, He institutes laws, principles, of which everything will be governed by. And these laws and principles are vastly complex. We're still finding out some things about them. Found out some things that weren't true, that we thought were true, and some things we didn't even know to ask. Now we're finding out some questions, and hopefully we find some answers. But these are all stuff that God figured out, put the whole universe together, and set it in motion. Absolutely astounding. But this is what God did. But in the beginning, He created the heavens and the earth. So the universe just keeps on creating planets and suns, new galaxies and such. Because that's how God creates things. He creates things to create after their own kind. So planets and stars and universes create planets and stars and universes. And they continue to do so. So the fact that we still see these things being formed takes nothing away from the fact that God created them. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When was the earth created? In the beginning. The earth was created in the beginning. Now, there are folks out there that believe into the 6,000-year theory that the earth is 6,000 years old. I laugh at such people. 
I have laughed in their face. Actually, I had one person I delivered a bunk bed to and we got into this discussion afterwards and laughed at them. I said, you don't really want to tell me that you believe that, do you? That the earth is 6,000 years old. This is a customer. <laughs> and they said, well, yeah, yeah, we had this. I said, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And I said, and, you, and then we, we had a small discussion on it, but I saw it was going to get nowhere on it, so we left it. But these are the young earth creationists. And they, they should be removed. Because they give people a bad, they give folks a bad name about Christianity. Because anybody can, can come up real quickly and prove to you that the earth is not 6,000 years old. It does not take a, a, a lot of time to figure that out. How long did it take for the Grand Canyon to be cut? Ah, long, long, long time. It didn't take no 6,000 years to cut the Grand Canyon, folks. Uh-uh. But they want to do this and the reason they came up with it was because they did the genealogies and all this sort of thing. If you add them all up, you come up with man's about 6,000 years old. We'll get into Adam and Eve and whether they were the beginning and all that here, here as, uh, as well. But the earth was created, folks, in the beginning. It was not created at the time of Adam and Eve. It was created in the beginning because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. Is there life on other planets? We have no idea because the Bible don't tell us so. And if there was life in the other planets and they didn't fall, they probably aren't allowed to come out here. We don't know about all that. I don't really visit that part of it a whole lot. We'll figure it out when we get on up there. But we're here. we got enough problems to take care of on our own place. And we will. But 6,000 year theory, I don't see that it holds any water. If you think that it does, don't open up your mouth to me and let me know you're ignorant. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Now, if you want some help on that, if you've been taught that, there have been people who have been taught that all their life, and, and uh, you know, I, I'll try and help you out with, with some of that stuff. But don't go out there and say it to people because it gives, pe gives folks a bad name about God. And it gives them a reason to say, I know that the Bible can't be right because if it teaches that, I know it's not so. so I, I just like to offend people almost and get them off of that because i got to learn, you can't go out there and say this stuff. Just because you want to believe it or it's easier for you to believe doesn't mean that other people will. And folks that are educated, folks that have a scientific background, they struggle with that. And you don't want to cause them to have a struggle to get born again or to receive the, the truth that's in God's Word, especially for something that's as, uh, really, in the, in the end result, folks, some of this stuff is meaningless. How God created the earth, who cares? How old the earth is, who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with how you're going to get saved. But here we get into the evolution. Evolution is uh, based upon partial skeletal remains. And um, there are not many of these. What is fascinating about this is that some of these skeletal remains that have been found uh, were... Uh, in fact, Darwin was even in, in on some of the uh, findings. And he even said these are just, uh, uh, just you know, a thousand years old or a couple hundred years old. Some of them were in very moist areas and there's no way that bones could have survived all those... Uh, thousands and thousands of years that they want to try and attribute to them. They just wouldn't have, have made it on by. But most of, the, most of the things they have are fragments. There are, there are partial skeletons. And they've based all this stuff off of it. I remember uh, some time ago I gave you an article that I had found that they found the fourth skeleton. The fourth skeleton in the, uh, uh, all the ancient man, all that sort of stuff, which meant that all the time I was coming through school, you were coming through school, evolution was based on three skeletal remains partial skeletal remains. And you've got to use your imagination from there to, to put the rest of it together. 
So exactly how many skeletal remains they have, I don't know. But there's question upon whether any of them are as old as they say. And then some of the ones that uh, they have people hunched over and stuff, they still had to add imagination. But initially what they thought was that uh, their bones were attacked by, uh, I think, what's it called, rickets? Is that a disease that attacks the bones and some other diseases like that? And that could have caused a deformity right there. But again, there's no real explanation of how the bones survived and the bones could easily have been, in some of these cases, of modern man. In fact, most of them were thinking that way. There are problems with evolution. Now, understand this. There's a difference here, and sometimes they build off of a truth to get something that's wrong. There is, in, in, uh, with, with uh, animals and with man, there is the ability for man to survive and for animals to survive. And the theory of the survival of the fittest is a theory that holds true. That there's, there's nothing wrong. If, you're, if you hear people talking about the survival of the fittest, don't get all nervous. Well, they're going to fall into evolution. You know, the fact that green grasshoppers survived brown grasshoppers because they blended in with the grass just means that the enemy couldn't see them as easy. And so the green grasshoppers survived whereas the brown grasshoppers didn't or vice versa or whatever else might happen to it. But that's all that it means. A brown grasshopper is still a grasshopper. And a green grasshopper is still a grasshopper. It didn't change into a chameleon. Survival of the fittest just means that as the world around the creations that God put into the earth, as the world changes, they can change and adapt to it. But adaptation has nothing to do with evolution. And that's what they try and tie in. And we can all say, well, yeah, animals do adapt, so therefore maybe there is some truth to evolution. No! They don't change species! A cat does not evolve into a dog. I mean, that's a whole lot of steps there, but it, it just doesn't happen. They don't, they don't do that. And they want to say, you know, that we evolved from monkeys and from apes and all this sort of stuff. But how come some of the apes got left behind? Why weren't they all evolving? Why are there no stages of apes between man and, and ape? What happened to all those? How come just those ones went away and the old, the first one, the ape, that's still around and man's still around? But they don't ask these questions. They don't want to have to answer these questions. They didn't say, well, that's just how it happened. We don't know how it happened or why it happened that way, but that's just how it happened. How in the world did we get a man out of a fish who decided to grow legs and walk and stood upright? And then you know, that takes more faith to believe than God. But that's what they'll try and do. So survival of the fittest... There's no, nothing wrong with that. That's just the acknowledgement of how great God is that God put inside of everything that He created the ability to change and adapt to their, their surroundings for survival. But here's where we get into this, the big part here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. The word there was is actually an interpreted word. And you can go either way with it. You can either say the earth was formless and void or the earth became formless and void. And there is no way to tell from the verse itself. You must deduce that from the context of whether it is was or became. So is it was or is it became? In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, I behold the earth and indeed it was without form. And that is one of our words there. It was without form and void. Those are the two words that were used in the Genesis account. I behold, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void. Now look at the rest of these scriptures. Absolutely fantastic. 
in the heavens they had no light. How does that describe? How does the how is the earth described in Genesis? Darkness was over the deep. I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled, and the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven had fled. Why are you saying that there is no man and the birds of the heaven have fled if there weren't any? I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness. Which means at one time it had to be fruitful, right? And all its cities were broken down. What cities? And all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by His fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate. Yet I will not make a full end. For this shall for this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken. I have purposed, and I will not relent. Nor will I turn back from it. So here Isaiah is seeing the same thing, that the earth was formless and void. In Jeremiah 4, verse 23, verse 28, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who established it, who did not create it in vain. He did not create it in vain, folks. He formed it. Who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. So here in Jeremiah and in Isaiah, we see that first, that first off, Jeremiah tells us that God who formed the earth and made it, who established it, who did not create it in vain. God did not create the earth in vain. In the beginning, God did what? Created the heavens and the earth. If in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and Jeremiah tells us that God did not create the earth in vain, but He He formed it to be inhabited. He formed it to be inhabited. Then therefore, we should look at Genesis chapter 1 and understand that the earth was not formless and void, but that the earth became formless and void. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth became formless and void. So that tells us that something happened between verses 1a and 1b. Because when it was created, according to Jeremiah, it was not created in vain. It was not formless. God formed it to be inhabited. And Isaiah is talking about how the earth, behold, I beheld the earth, and it was indeed without form. And what happened to the cities? And what happened to man? What happened to all these things? Where did they go? In Isaiah 14, verse 12, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Does this happen before or after Adam and Eve? When Lucifer falls. Before. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the what? How do you have nations if you don't have people? How do you have nations without cities? How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Do you have north in the heavens? Where do you have north? On the earth. On the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Where are the clouds? 
on the earth. He's going to go above the clouds. And I will be like the Most High. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, O the Son of the Morning. Ezekiel tells us how he fell from heaven to the earth. And it says he weakened the nations, which would tell us that in the fall of Lucifer, there were nations upon the earth. And when he fell, he weakened the nations and brought them into this fall of his. Which meant there was a problem here on the earth, like there is now. And God had to get up into, and to judge it. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 5. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, unflooded, then flooded is what that means. By which the world that then existed perished being flooded by water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Now let's take a look at this. He talks about the world the God of the heavens of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which, verse 6, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Did Noah's world perish? Was the world the same before Noah's after Noah? Did you have the same trees? Did you have the world same same system? Was it the same race of men? He had the same animals in the ark. They were preserved. We didn't have to bring any fish in there, right? Because the fish were preserved. So the world was affected, but it was not, it did not perish. The whole purpose of the ark was so that the world would not perish. And so all these different ones, you know, seven of certain kinds and, and, uh, different numbers of different animals were put upon the ark to preserve the world. What Peter is talking about here is not preserving Noah's world. If Peter had Noah's world in mind, in his writings, two times he mentions the previous, uh, uh, mentions Noah and the survivors. In 1 Peter 3 and verse 20, who formerly were disobedient when once, speaking of angels, who formerly were disobedient when once divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. Second Peter 2, verse 5, And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So who perished in, in Noah's flood? The ungodly. Noah continued on. The world didn't perish then. He says this again back up here in verse 3. 2 Peter 3, 5. I'm sorry. 3, 5. For this they willfully forget. What? They willfully forget. They f- they're not teaching something. They're forgetting something. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. So he's speaking of a world that perished because of floods. That perished because of water. And yet Noah's world didn't perish, didn't stop existing. It still continued to go on. After a while, the land dried out and the ark landed and they had trees and they got on out and all the animals found homes for themselves. The earth was judged, but it didn't, it 
didn't become perished, didn't die off. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He talks about three different worlds, as Peter does. Two of them in these sections of scriptures. The first perishes by a flood. The second, he says, is reserved to perish by fire. The first world perishes by flood. The second world perishes by fire. What happens at the end of the tribulation? Is there fire? No. Is there flood? No. The world that exists now, folks, is going on into the tribulation. It is the same world. It is the same system. It will just have Jesus Christ as the head. And He will be head of this world in this system and show it will work. In a perfect, with a perfect person, it will work. And then at the end, judgment will come in because Satan is released and able to, to bring up all the rebellion. And then after that, all the ones that decide to rebel, rebel with Satan again are judged. And then what comes? Fire. Fire comes after the millennial reign. And then we have a new heaven and new earth. The earth is completely done away with. The old system is gone. We have no more oceans in the new one. There is one body of water that comes out from Jerusalem. We have the new heaven that comes down and hovers above the earth. It's a whole new world. It's not this same one warmed up, just fixed up a little bit. No, it's, it's a whole new one. During the tribulation, we're fixing up cities. They got all messed up, except for one. We, don't, we are not allowed to fix up one city. You all remember which one that is? Babylon. Someone wanted to say New York. No. <laughs> Apparently, we're allowed to fix up New York. Even Hollywood. We're allowed to fix up Hollywood even. But Babylon, nope. He says, leave that one alone. It's going to be a testimony for folks. And it was a testimony for a thousand years. So we get to fix up all the other cities. So the first world perishes by a flood. The second perishes by a fire. The third is eternal. The third one continues to go on. Now way back in the, when the flood of Noah, and we'll get there as we, we get closer to it, God comes up to Noah after the flood and He says, you know what, Noah, I will never do this again. I will never do this again. That always seems funny, especially if you never did it before. Doesn't it? Usually when you have a promise of, I will never do that again, doesn't it usually happen that you did it once before? If it's the first time you did it, all right, I, got, I, I see that I'm not supposed to do that. I'm sorry, you go on. But then you get caught a second time. That little bit more is uh, involved in, in that one. Well, I've, I've told folks over, over and over again that um, as far as the, the length of years of people, Adam, who walked with God, and I'm sure that God gave him the history of the world in all their talks. That he probably gave them the history of things that had gone on before he was even there. Adam probably asked him, said, did you make all this for us? Wouldn't you, if you were Adam, wouldn't you ask them that? You're looking at all this huge earth and it's just you. Did you make all this for me? Well, actually, there was a group of people here before. That was so, he probably would have been telling them that. So whatever went on here before, Adam got firsthand from God. 
Jesus Christ walking around the garden. Adam would have passed it directly on to Methuselah. Directly to him. Because Adam knew Methuselah. Methuselah knew Adam. He's like an old grandfather to him. Even though there were several generations in between, it didn't matter. Adam knew Methuselah. And we've told you before what Methuselah's name meant. It meant it will come when he is gone. And he dies in the year of the flood. He does not die by the flood. He dies in the year of the flood. Whether God was waiting on Noah finishing the ark or God was waiting for Methuselah to be done with life and die. I don't know which one it was. But whatever it was, Methuselah dies. So Methuselah, who knew Adam, also knew Noah. So Noah gets all these stories almost like it was just a grandfather in between. He didn't know Adam, but he knew Methuselah, who knew Adam. So those stories didn't have to pass too many people. And Noah got it. And so Noah heard about these stories. And when he sees a flood come again, he may have uh, been thinking, we keep being destroyed by water. God says, I won't ever do this again. Now, he destroyed it completely the first time. The second time, he didn't open up all the floodgates. He wouldn't allow them to go. You can find out some scriptures and we'll be looking at some that he did not allow that to happen. Well, here's one right here. Go over to Psalms 104, verse 5. Psalm 104, verse 5. You who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. Can you imagine? You think, think of foundations for buildings. Foundations for skyscrapers. I mean, they have a substantial foundation. What do you do for a foundation for an earth? How do you even start that? I have no idea. I can't even... I mean, we, we make foundations into the earth. But God made a foundation that holds the earth. I can't even begin to imagine what that is. You covered it with a deep as with a garment. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. That sounds like our situation we already talked about. At your rebuke, they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. So the earth was made... And then after it was made and the mountains were formed, God covered the earth with a flood like a blanket. So it wasn't created that way. You covered it with the deepest with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled in the voice of your thunder. They hastened away. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which you founded for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they may not return to cover the earth. Every single person who is out there pitching global warming, that it will cause flooding, that it will cause New York to come under a flood. I never went out to see all those end-of-the-world movies that had the um, floods coming in and messing up New York and all the other stuff because it would just turn me on the inside. This is false. This, this can't happen. God said it can't happen. He said it right there. He said, you will not cross this boundary. You are not allowed to. I don't care what we do. Even if CO2 had an effect on this thing, we could pump it just straight out. It would not cause... It cannot cause the water to come out. God said, you will not go beyond this point. And the water has to obey. Who do you think the water is going to obey? God or Al Gore? I know Al Gore thinks he's close, but... 
Ezekiel 28, verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were where? You were in Eden, the garden of God. Does that sound like the Lucifer you knew who was roaming around with Adam and Eve? You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Remember, he weakened the nations. There were nations he had to interact with when he was perfect in order to weaken them for him to have been in the garden of God, in Eden. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. Isn't it interesting that a lot of the things that heaven is made of are here on the earth? Have you ever thought about that? What is the gates of heaven made of? Pearls. What are the, what is the streets made of? Transparent gold, in fact. Transparent gold. And aren't the uh, foundations precious stones and they name them? God didn't come down here to the earth, folks, and get these things. When He made the earth, He made the earth to have the things that heaven has. That's how special the earth is. The earth is a very special place. It has the raw materials God uses to make things. And here is Lucifer in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of God. In a perfect state. When God came down and had Adam put in the Garden of Eden, Lucifer was no longer in a perfect state, was he? So there was an Eden before. And that Eden had to be in existence before the earth was covered with a blanket of water. And God just remade Eden when He brought the earth back into existence. Or back, back into the way it was before. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. From the midst of the fiery stones, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. How did he do that? There had to be kings, didn't there? If he cast them down for kings to see, didn't there have to be kings? You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground, which would be the earth. I laid you before kings. It's plural. Apparently there's not one king on the earth, but we saw that he corrupted the nations. So if you have nations, you probably have kings. Some kind of ruler. That they might gaze at you. He let the kings of these nations gaze at Lucifer in his fallen state. And still some of them sided with him. 
God cast them down there to be an example to the people that were on the earth at that time. And they could make a decision as to who they were going to go with. And apparently some of them went on and supported Lucifer. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore I brought fire from your midst that devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth. I turned you to ashes upon the earth. Genesis chapter 1. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was upon the surface of the deep. There's water on the earth. How do you cast them down with ashes, fire, and kings, water all over it? I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you, all who knew you among the people. The peoples are astonished at you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. This means that there were people who knew Lucifer in his unfallen state who are now seeing him in his fallen state. Can you think of anyone in this world that has seen that? You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. The Bible doesn't come right out and say that there was a nation, race of people that were here, but boy, it gives us an awful lot of clues that apparently there was something going on. If you want to believe there was a race of people here before, if you want to believe there wasn't, that's fine. Whichever way you want to go has nothing to do with your salvation. But here's the thing. Where did demon spirits come from? Fallen angels are not demon spirits. If they were, they wouldn't be a list that included fallen angels principality powers, and then demon spirits. Demon spirits are what? The Bible defines them. Disembodied spirits. They are spirits without a body. Do angels have a body? If you have a body, can you possess another one? It is disembodied spirits. Where do the disembodied spirits come from? Well, if you don't believe in the stuff I'm showing you here, then you have a hard time figuring that out. Where did they come from? I believe that they're the disembodied spirits of the people that were on the earth who went into rebellion with Satan. And they're the ones who stayed on his side. And they're disembodied spirits. And that's what I believe. Find out when we get to heaven whether that's uh, all true that way. But they came from somewhere and they aren't fallen angels. We know that one third of the fallen angels sided with Satan. But where did the rest of his army come from? Where did the demon spirits come from? Had to come from somewhere. If they're like people like we were, they are they have a body, but they are a spirit. And if they became separated from their body, then something happened. Now people now either go to hell or they go to heaven. But there was no hell back then. As far as we know, Jesus didn't come to redeem any of these. At least we're not told of it. So that could be who's uh Who's in there? One more thing to be looking at here. We got done these first couple of uh, verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form or became without form and void, and darkness was on the surface of the deep. The deep is what? We've already looked at other verses of Scripture that say God covered the uh, earth with a blanket of water. He did not cover it with a blanket of ice. He did not cover it with a blanket of gas. He covered it with a blanket of water. Water only exists with a very narrow space of temperature as far as the universe is concerned. It is between 32 degrees, roughly, maybe 30 or 28 or something like that, 
and 220. And around 220 something, it becomes a gas, steam. At below 32 or freezing, it becomes ice. In that span in between, it remains water. If you put water on Neptune, what would happen to it? It would freeze. Why? Because it's cold. Why is Neptune cold? They don't drive enough SUVs. Because they are further from the sun. The only way the earth can have water on it is if a sun exists. It must exist. The light's not getting through. We already read one verse of Scripture that said He didn't allow the light to come through. He stopped the light from coming through. Part of the judgment. But the heat still got through. And it continued to heat the heat it. Now, why is there no water on the moon? No atmosphere, not much gravity. If you put anything on the moon, it pretty much floats away. There's not a whole lot there to hold it on. You go up there with this, you put a, one of these astronauts up there, they bounce and they can just get really high. Not a whole lot there to hold it on. If you do not have gravity, you don't have water. Because it can't cover the earth because there's nothing to hold it in. Gravity is only created because we have a sun, we are in orbit around that sun, and we rotate as well. That's what creates gravity. If you don't have that, you have no gravity, you have no water on the earth, you have no water. If you don't have a sun, that gives it warmth. The sun is not created when God says, let there be light. It is impossible for that to be so. So the sun was here. The earth was here. All the other planets are here. And apparently, folks, there's a race of people that were here before Adam. And that was at least one, that was at least a first run for God. If he ever did any of the others beside that, I don't know. Earth's been here a long time. God could have done this as many times as he wanted to. We don't know. But this is our race of people. This is what we had. The people that were here before had cities. They had kings. They had nations. And their cities became broken down. And their people died off. And their world was judged. And here God says, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. Let's create another group of people. Let's start over with that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We have no idea how He did it. But there is absolutely no way we could understand how God created it when we do not even understand all of the rules that govern the continual creation of stars and moons and planets and galaxies. We still don't understand it. We're not going to understand how He created it. And God's not going to waste His time trying to tell us. We have a pea-sized brain compared to His. There's no way we're even going to comprehend any of the stuff that He does. The earth was or became without form and void, but we know that's not how God created it. And darkness was on the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And we'll pick up more on this as we uh, get on down the road here. Now, why do we look at all this kind of stuff? Because it helps us understand what's going on in the world today. What God starts 
always has future implications. When He in the beginning created the heavens and the earth, things kept creating after that. When He created Adam and Eve, things kept creating after that. They kept having kids and their kids had kids and their kids had kids and pretty soon we had a whole earth filled. We got all kinds of things going on. Understand how God started things. We understand a whole lot better how things will continue. And so here in these first ten chapters, we see a lot of how He started some things. So we're going to be looking at, at all that. We're going to be looking at the, the uh, recreation or the reforming of the earth. We're going to be looking at the creation of man, the addition of animals into the earth. We're going to be looking at some of the first people that were on the earth and some of the things that he did and some of the precedences that God set. Because those precedences are, are pretty important. What God started continued on. So those things are important for us to know. Most times we pick up in Genesis from chapter 12 and on we get into Abraham and he's a lot more fun and you know all kinds of good stuff like that so we're going to get in there and and look at the rest of these things and help us out with that Father God we thank you for your word you are an incredibly big God and far bigger than anything we could imagine how you created this earth makes no difference to us we just know that you did it we don't have to know how you did it we just know that you did it we don't need to figure out all the ins and outs about what you must have done here and Well, this must have gone on here. Father, we just know who is the Creator of all things. And we worship You. Thank You for the wisdom and the help You give us to learn all these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.